Graduation is in the air. Remember those outdoor gifts for those graduates? Of course, Father's Day is going to follow soon thereafter. Welcome, everyone, to the Carolina Outdoors. Each week, we come in to break down four different segments for your listening pleasure. Hopefully, along the way, you'll learn something, and hopefully, along the way, you will be able to get outside and enjoy what we have going on in the Carolina outdoors. I mentioned delayed harvest. The delay is about to end in the last segment, so please note that. That means for all you trout fishermen, uh, you'll be able to... Uh, quit releasing the fish if you choose, and you'll be able to keep some as well uh, on those delayed harvests. Those are the black and white placards. You'll see them on the trees. If you have any doubts, just check out ncwildlife.org. Another thing going on, please note, uh, because it's just one hour south of Charlotte, and we spoke to them last week uh, here on the program, Lansford Canal State Park, Chester County, South Carolina, Uh, is the home to the spider lily bloom that's going on. It'll be going on now into June, well into June, but please check it out if you have any questions about it, of course. Highlights of the Carolina Outdoors, just type in spider lily or Lansford Canal. All the information will be there. Uh, You can have a nice, easy stroll in the South Carolina State Park alongside the Catawba River and be able to check out the beautiful bloom and and the wildlife that they have in the park as well. Wildlife is something that has been in the news. We're going to talk a little bit later on in the program um, to a specialist. A wildlife specialist is going to come on the program from Song Dog Wildlife, uh, and we're going to learn a little bit about that. Why are we talking about that? Because... It's coyote season in North Carolina, and there's an increased risk of them showing up in your neighborhood. Uh, This is according to the NC Wildlife Resource Commission. They put out a statement because these normally reclusive animals are spending more and more time scouting for food, feeding their newborn pups. And we're going to find out, of course, Song Dog is in reference to coyotes. but are they dangerous to humans? Our guest is going to share this. Um, there are rare instances. They are rare, but they can happen. So that is something to pay attention to. Pup season here in the spring brings added factors to interacting with coyotes. And that's mainly because coyotes, where they normally would shoo off if you saw them, they're more likely to stand their ground with pups going on. So how to protect pets from coyotes. They naturally prey on rodents and some kind, sometimes can mistaken small pets, including cats and small dogs, as food. Uh, so keep a close eye on your pets. Bring them in at night. Uh, keep them behind a dog-proof fence at least six feet tall uh, and prevent, uh, prevent digging underneath. Uh, will help keep your pets safe. The Wildlife Resource Commission also talks about how to haze a coyote when coyotes have, quote, unquote, adapted to urban and suburban environments. The Humane Society of the U.S. explains they are more likely to hang out around populated areas, posing risk to them and people and pets. So, Hazing is a deterrent to move an animal out of an area or discourage any undesired behavior or activity. What is hazing? Yelling and waving your arms 
while approaching the coyote. uh, Noisemakers, whistles, air horns, bells, shaker cans with uh, pennies or or marbles inside of it all will help scare off this animal. Last but not least, you can spray the coyote with water from a garden hose or something like that. And we'll talk uh, again later on in the program more about that. We do have pepper spray at Jesse Brown's that has been ever popular with people coming in just as a deterrent. I mentioned in the open here on the Carolina Outdoors that there's some things uh, going on outdoors that are unpleasant to talk about, but for education purposes, maybe we feel that we should talk about it. And uh, just this week, there was a 36-year-old hiker, an Indiana hiker, who died on the very popular Grand Canyon National Park Trail called the Bright Angel Trail. Uh, The hiker, um, again from Indiana, wanted to reach the Colorado River from the rim of the canyon and back in one day. So it's about eight miles down into the canyon to the Colorado and a steep eight-mile climb back out. The hiker was found unresponsive on the trail above the three-mile rest house. Uh, Rescuers attempted resuscitation. Um, but she passed away. So it brings about, as we get into the warmer weather months, and of course in the Grand Canyon it can be severely hot. In fact, they don't recommend uh, summertime hiking there between the hours of 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. because that's when hikers report the most heat-related illnesses. So what are some of the preventions besides picking carefully and choosing carefully uh, the times of day that we're going to hike, um, how to beat the heat and and treat ourselves so that we can have a good hike. When temperatures are extremely high, some people's bodies can have trouble regulating temperature. And in those cases, people can experience heat exhaustion and have muscle cramps, nausea, weakness, or cold, clammy skin. All of this according to the CDC. If heat exhaustion continues for too long, it can lead to heat stroke, and um, that is the most uh, serious form of heat injury. So, what to do if people choose to be outdoors, if they're working outdoors, dangerously hot temperatures, here's what to do. Carry and drink plenty of water. Plan to replenish those electrolytes. Um Eat more food than normal and keep salty foods on hand. That helps keep the moisture inside you. Always have a uh, first aid kit on hand and only pack essentials if necessary. Um, Bring a flashlight with spare batteries to hike during um, a time when the daytime is so hot and then it cools in the evening just in case. Spray yourself down with water to cool on, have a hat and sunscreen as protection from the sun, and have a whistle or signal for emergency use. Of course, we have those items at Jesse Brown's. Another item we'll be talking about more of as we get into the warmer weather months is sun protection clothing so that you'll be um, protected from the sun, the UVA, the UVB rays, but also so that you will be cooler. That's right. Sun protective clothing, the long sleeve even, helps 
keep your temperature regulated and lower to help prevent heat exhaustion and heat stroke. Hey, every Memorial Day weekend, I like to remind myself what Memorial Day is all about. Of course, it's nice to recognize veterans, first responders, police, when you see them out at a ball game, at a concert. But Memorial Day isn't Veterans Day. Memorial Day asks us to do something that we seemingly aren't as good at these days. It asks us to be reverent, solemn, and yes, even prayerful. It's a mixed bag of sympathy, introspection, thankfulness for those who died while serving in the military for our country. For many of us, death and service is removed. We are aware of damage that military service can inflict in battle on those that survive, lost legs, arms, eyes, head trauma, PTSD. But Memorial Day is a day that we remember and recognize those that we can't see at all in person. We see them in photographs, headstones, names on walls, and statues. This is a day for us to remember them. One other way that I left out is, oh yes, through song. In fact, one of our most famous songs to memorialize came during the Civil War. The song was initially called Butterfield's Lullaby, and it came about July 2, 1862, just after the Battle of Richmond. Union Brigadier General Daniel Adams Butterfield and his brigade bugler Oliver Norton went to work because Butterfield wanted a call for lights out that was not as formal as the Army's then-current regulation call. They penned a revision of a French bugle signal, 24 melancholy notes, that actually ended up becoming the regulated tune. After they adopted the new tune and played it at the end of each day, the men loved it. Other brigades began to adopt it. It was used, written by a Union soldier at the funeral of a Confederate general, Stonewall Jackson. Now it is used in accompaniment with the lowering of the flag and the signal lights out by scouts, military, and others. Again, it is the regulation played at all U.S. military funeral ceremonies. That song is called Taps. Stay tuned for more because we're going to continue this conversation and bring on our guest here on the Carolina Outdoors. <laughs> 